The following podcast contains spoilers, wildly crazy opinions, and the occasional naughty word. We watch it. Hello everybody out there in podcast land, it's your boys, B Dizzle and Dave, back with you again, and we are so excited to be here, aren't we Dave? We are. I almost jumped in there and said B Dizzle and D Pizzle, but that sounded like, <laughs> it sounded like penis and I decided it was a terrible name. It's just such a magical evening, we're here on the red carpet in our frocks, and we're just <laughs> so excited to share it with you all, because <laughs> uh, how about we start by talking some Golden Globes, mate? Sure. Let's do it. Now, I have to ask, because I, I have a confession to make. Did you watch the Globes this year? Because I did not. <laughs> I forgot they were on yeah. until people started posting shit. And I went, oh, okay, we probably should talk about that. So, you know, usually uh, we do like a, a wrap up of the ceremony itself and what a magical evening it was. I, I know none of that. But, hey, let's go through like some winners and losers, how we feel about such winners and losers, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Can I start with the new category that was added for this year, cinematic and box office achievement, which of no, course it's, it's, went one, one, it's not the only new category. There, there is another one which I'll mention oh. briefly in my disdain for. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so so this is what a category about who made the most money. Well, after all, that's that's what the industry is all about. I guess it? effectively, is that what the category is? Because if that's the category, what's what's the point you've made the most money we know who made the most money well before the why is there an award for it we know what that is i assumed the award is the money (laughs) (laughs) like yeah exactly so obviously this award went to barbie i kind of feel like because correct me if i'm wrong did the oscars not also add a category similar to this last year which is basically like it's it's a way of giving a blockbuster an award that's not going to win any of the real awards is that Am I right that the Oscars did that? I that sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's offensive on every level. Yeah, to yeah. give someone an award just for being as commercial as possible well, and selling out and making, I mean pandering to popular opinion and making money. The thing that's upsetting about this is, to be honest, Barbie is a good movie that you know in any other year could have won many of these other awards, but it's almost like they created this category just, you know, oh, look, Barbie needs something. So here we go. <laughs> and that that's that's a little bit upsetting. <laughs> it's I, I'm glad it... I mean, it doesn't sound like it was voted on other, other than by people's wallets, but um, if... I, I'm happier for Barbie to win than for... Oh, look, it, you know, I'm, it, I'm, I'm glad the Errors Tour didn't sh- take it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, at least it wasn't a, like a John Wick 4 or some, some yeah. Mario Brothers or something <laughs> that literally did nothing but check boxes for yeah. what they thought audiences wanted and therefore made a shitload of money. Yeah. Um, I would much rather it go to Barbie where... There is actually some artistic merit behind it rather than purely because at the end of the day, usually the things that make huge amounts of money are the ones that compromise on artistic vision and everything in order to appeal to oh, yeah. as many people as possible. Definitely. So yes. if you, in most cases, if you are the one that makes the most money, it's because you put that ahead and, and as a higher priority than yeah. artistic vision and, and so on. Yeah. Which is, is why giving an award for this is just 
<laughs> base and offensive on every level. Well, it's an award. For, it's an award for selling out. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's move over to the uh, Best Picture Awards then, which, of course, the Golden Globe still has two. We've got drama and musical mm. or comedy. So drama, the nominees were Oppenheimer, Zone of Interest, Past Lives, Anatomy of Fall, Maestro, and Killers of the Flower Moon, with the award, of course, going to Oppenheimer. How do you feel about that win? I'm not at all surprised. I'm happier with that than with Killers of the Flower Moon, to be honest. I, I was just going to say the opposite. I, I think no, you, that you, of you the- were a lot higher on Scorsese than I, I thought it was bloated and overlong. See, that's, I thought of, of these two, I mean, let's face it, you've got two three-hour biopics, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I thought of the two of them, Killers of the Flower Moon, blew Oppenheimer out of the water. So I was a little disappointed with this win, but that said, I saw it coming. I think we all saw it coming. Yeah. My problem is that- one, the, the film that – see, I would have liked to see a nomination for Saltburn. Same. I don't know where I would put it. Well, that's exactly it, the problem. It is a dark, dark comedy. Yeah. But it's it doesn't belong alongside memory, the things in that category. From memory, the acting awards that Saltburn was up for were in the comedy category. Yeah. Which yeah. honestly kind of surprises me then that it wasn't – nominated for yeah you know like i'm surprised to see air in the nominations for musical or comedy picture to be honest is that the one about that's the one about nike yeah which kind of people liked but it kind of fell out of interest pretty quickly so the nominations over there we've got poor things the holdovers american fiction may december barbie and air this is actually the category that most surprised and delighted me because as much as I loved Poor Things, I actually didn't think it would take this category. I thought for sure it was going to Barbie and I was really glad Poor Things won. I'm guessing you feel the same way. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. I also would have been happy with The Holdovers. Um, but, yeah, I'm, there's a couple of films that I'm surprised not to see in this category. Like I, I would have – I've got to be honest, I'd have Blackberry in this category. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to have the sneaker movie, you may as well have the the mobile phone movie as well. Well, or instead of, I'm just, I'm so surprised. I, have, I haven't Air. seen Air, but um, yeah. All right, uh, let's look at some of the acting categories then. So, lead actor in a musical or comedy film, we've got Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Nicolas Cage, Dream Scenario, Matt Damon, Air, Timothy Chalamet in Wonka. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix, Bo is Afraid, and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Very happy to see Giamatti take the uh, win here. He, he was be. absolutely fantastic. Um, you and I have of the, not... Of those nominations, he would 100% be my pick. You and I um, have not spoken about Dream Scenario yet. We're actually going to do that a bit later this evening. But I yep. loved Cage in that film as well. I would have been happy to see him take it. I don't... I. I think he's very good in it, but I, I would I would be upset if he won over Giamatti. Yeah. I would have liked to see Barry Keegan in there. That would have been excellent. I didn't get to uh, Bo is Afraid. I know that you didn't were actually quite disappointed. What do you think of Joaquin's nomination? He, he's 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 fabulous in it. Is it, um, is it a comedy film? It, it's a... It's a, yeah, I mean, you, you'd call it a... Dark, surreal, satirical comedy, probably more than a drama or anything like that. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't pick him for this, even though he's good, just because the film itself is kind of 
yeah. floated and all over the place. And Well, speaking of drama, I lied to you before. This is where Saltburn sits and Keegan did get a nomination. So actor in, oh. a, actor in a drama motion picture, we've got Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Andrew Scott, all of us strangers, Coleman, Domingo, Rustin, Barry Keegan, Saltburn, and Leo for Killers of the Flower Moon with Killian taking the top spot. As much as I preferred Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm actually pretty happy with this win. I thought Killian was pretty excellent, but yeah. it is hard to go past Keegan. <laughs> yeah, we, we do love him, and he's perennially overlooked. Um, he'll win. He'll win eventually. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, over to actress in a musical or comedy motion picture, Emma Stone in Poor Things, Fantasia Barino in The Colour Purple, Alma Poisty, Fallen Leaves, Margot Robbie Barbie, Natalie Portman, May December, and Jennifer Lawrence, No Hard Feelings. That's a nomination that really throws me. I find that very surprising. But again, <laughs> super happy with Emma Stone here. Are you the same? Oh, yeah. If, if any category was, in, in my opinion, should have been a lock, it's this yeah. one. Are there um, any categories we've spoken about so far that you feel like there's obvious misses where someone should have been nominated that wasn't? Um, not that spring to mind. Um, I mean, there's obviously things that I would have liked to see nominated, but realistically I knew they wouldn't because they were too small or whatever. Um, I think I'm pretty happy with... Most of the winners, more so than normal. There's yeah. No, yeah. No egregious errors. Yeah. So far. Yeah. All right. Over to actress in a drama motion picture, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Greta Lee, Past Lives, Annette Benning for Nyad. I haven't seen, which I really want to. Yeah, so. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, and Kaylee Spaney for Priscilla with Lily Gladstone winning. Not surprised by this at all. I really loved nope. Greta Lee in Past Lives, but Lily Gladstone makes complete sense and I'm happy to see it. She was the shining light in that film. She was the best thing about it by a country mile. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah. So Anatomy of a Fall, I, I haven't gotten to yet. I'm assuming you haven't no. either because we haven't actually no. got it here I in Australia. Hadn't, I had, hadn't even heard of it until I started seeing it. It nominated for all these things and actually winning some which we haven't got to yet. Well, Very yeah. surprisingly. Because it, of course, took screenplay up against... Yeah. And again, screenplay for some... This is the weird thing about the Globes for me. You're going to split everything into drama and comedy, but not screenplay. Screenplay, you only get like the six nominees and that's it. Yeah. So, you know... Because most of America doesn't care about writing. Yeah. <laughs> But surprisingly, yeah, Anatomy of a Fall taking it over Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Past Lives, and Killers it, of Flower Correct Moon. me if I'm wrong. Anatomy of a Fall is a foreign language. It is. Yes. So, because it, it won Best Foreign Language Film as well. So, it won the Screenplay Award and it's not in English. That's right. Yeah. It just makes me how, even more curious to see it. How are the. I'm assuming that. And I don't know who votes on the Globes. Is it, it's not a public vote, is it? It's a no. It's the Hollywood Foreign Press, is it not? Is it? I the think it is. is the, yeah. Well, I mean, they've got the word "foreign" in there, I suppose. But presumably, most of them don't speak German or whatever language yeah. it's in. How are they possibly assessing the quality of the writing? Surely, they are giving this award to the subtitle, the subtitle company. Is this not the stupidest thing you've ever heard? It's amazing, though. I can't, I really need to see this movie now because for it to win, also, I think just getting a little bit off topic, but an interesting look at the way the industry is heading that of these six nominees, 
four of them are adapted screenplays, um, I think says a lot about the way that, you know, you and I just before this were looking at the movies coming out next year and everything is just, it's just IP city. Earth of originality. Yeah. And look, it feels unfair to say that because movies like Barbie and Poor Things are, are still very highly original despite being adaptations. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting category to me that in general. And to it, the writing in the Globes, it's not split, is it? It's just literally just screenplay. Yeah. One award. Yep. Handful of nominees. Yep. And it's literally lifted from the best picture <laughs> nominees, essentially. Well, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, the amount of thought that appears to have gone into that category yeah. is, is pretty telling. I we feel don't give a, a shit little, about writing. I feel a little bit the same about director this year, to be honest. Again, director is a category that is not split, just the six nominees. We've got Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, Yogos Lanthimos, Poor Things, Celine Song, Past Lives, with Christopher Nolan winning. And this is the category that got me most upset because I think Oppenheimer is a good film and I think it's directed fine. But Yorgos Lanthimos should have taken this award, and I think yep. Past Lives 100%. is a better directed film, and I think Barbie is a better directed film. I but yeah, if if Yorg, Yorgos should have won, if he didn't win, I would have liked to see Greta Gerwig take it. Yep. No, this, I mean, Nolan is a great director, but this is not his best film, as far as I'm concerned. It's certainly not the one where he's a lot of the wow factor on Oppenheimer is from the cinematography. I don't. Yeah, I think the direction is very good, but I don't think it's. I mean, uh, poor things. I think is got some next level creativity and and it's it's the direction. It's not everyone else is up operating at their absolute peak as well. Robbie Ryan's cinematography, everything's fantastic, but Yorgos is doing stuff that I've never seen before in that film. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I was. That's the one category this year that just got me a little bit disappointed, and I know I'm just going to anger the Nolan fanboys again. <laughs> Our review of Tenor on this show was the first time we got Tenet, one star you mean reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mate, they'll come out again. Do you want more one star reviews? <laughs> but it, it just, I don't know. It, it to me, that's the award that most feels like. Yeah, we don't, we don't really care. We're not actually awarding who should win. We're just people love Nolan. Let's give him an award. Oh, it's literally they take it, it. It looks like the um the best picture category, and they've just changed the word picture to director. Yeah, it's the same nominees. It's the same winner. It's the same. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I I don't know. Do you, do you want to talk any of the TV categories in particular? Is there anything that you well, want to cross over there? One one which I've surprised me and uh, I thought might have upset you is best animated um, um which I thought would have been a lock um for spider-verse I thought it would have been too I think it, look I loved boy in the heron it's not my favorite Miyazaki not by a long no shot. I've heard I've heard kind of very lukewarm praise for it like obviously it's good it's I it's mean, Ghibli, but that's the thing it's, obviously it's, it's not good. as good as Spirited Away and, no. you know, some of these other and, ones. And Spirited Away is the closest comparison you can make with it. It follows a very similar kind of Alice in Wonderland type story. So yep. it's very easy to make that comparison and it's not as good as Spirited Away. 
I think that what has happened here is Miyazaki has come out of retirement. It's yeah, his last. Yeah, he's never going to do another one. Exactly. This is a, um, because otherwise, if it wasn't going to go to Spider Verse, and this is what I thought you might be upset about, it would have been nice to see Susan May get it. It would have been absolutely, but from memory, your name took this award when that came out. So, you know, he's got an award already. And Spider-Verse, we know there's one more to come, which is the finale. Yeah. And same thing that happened with the Lord of the Rings franchise. The finale yeah. is, you know, that's when you award the franchise as a whole. So I I wasn't surprised to see this one. Um, I, th- yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm just glad it's not Mario. And the, um, the other one, which uh, the supporting actor ones were. Oh, so the, the, the actual acting ones, uh, Little Gladstone I was very happy with. Much as I loved, uh, what's her name, um, Divine Joy, Joy Randolph. Randolph because, point, again, yeah. supporting is, is a category that's not split. Lead actor and actress is split. Supporting is it's, not, so no you're throwing them all whatsoever. in together. Yeah. So who would you? Yeah, have, I, oh, you wanted Rosamund Pike for something. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm it's, exactly she is the same. So good in that. Yeah, I'm exactly um, the same. And by the same token, I wanted Ruffalo for Poor Things to win, but Robert Downey Jr. did. See, I'm, I'm less upset there because I think it's the best thing Downey Jr. has ever done. Yeah, and I think he he is possibly the best performer in that film. Um, so. Ruffalo's a smaller part of poor things, I guess, than RDJ is of Oppenheimer. Yeah. He's almost a second lead in Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was happy with that. If he's going to win for anything in his career, I think this is probably the role that he should have won for. So yeah, that upset me less. But, but Rosamund Pike, I think, was that that may be the, the best female performance of the year. You know what it is? Supporting. I think that she was... Um, really screwed over here by the fact this category isn't split. And I think the problem with Saltburn is it is so easy to watch 80% of that movie and just see what she's doing is funny. But Mm. there are some quite dramatic turns towards the end of that film. You know, her kind of final sequence in particular where she is so fucking good. And I realized it on rewatch in particular where I was like, wow, she, she is doing some very good stuff here. But mm. I think it's so easy to see most of it as comedy that when you put it up against Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers, which, again, it's, it's a, lot, it's it's a, a comedy lot film, but she's got a much more dramatic role. Yeah, um, and it's a, it's a, a lot more straightforward drama. You know, yes. it's, it's very clear cut. She's upset because she lost her son and exactly. she's being upset. And yeah. we can see she's being upset and she's doing it very well because she's crying. Yes. Um, yes. Give her all the awards. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah, this, I would This weird British thing. Yeah. I can't tell if she's meant to be funny or not. Yeah. She's, I think this is what they call irony. I don't understand it. No, I'm not going to vote for that. I would have loved to have seen her take it though. And I'm still, I know she's not going to, but I'm still hopeful for the Oscars because she absolutely crushed that role. And looking at the rest of the nominees here- I I I got to say I didn't rate Blunt in Oppenheimer. I thought Blunt was 
fine. <laughs> she's not great. It's, there's nothing noteworthy. No, exactly. Like looking at the rest of these nominees, I'm like, surely it's got to be Rosman. So I don't know. We'll see what happens at the Oscars. But all right, there we go. That's uh, that's our wrap up of the Globes. Yeah, which, it's real. I'm just having a look. It, it really is very little point talking about the TV stuff because yeah, almost everything is succession. Succession, which, as we know, is one of the greatest shows that's ever been on television. So I'm more than happy is, for I mean, that to win this, everything. This it did. is this is far more indicative of the problem I have with a lot of these things. Is literally it's the same three things in every category. I, I like had a, the, yeah, I had a look. It's, the it's only shows ridiculous. that I think won anything were Succession, Beef, and um, the, Bear. the Bear. They were the only shows that I could see that really won. And anything. if I start talking about how ridiculous it is that Beef got actor and actress for that fucking unwatchable show. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> I, I, I did not even get into finish the second episode it's unwatchable it's so annoying and wow. irritating all the characters are fucking terrible <laughs> and not I, I like Stephen Ewan but he absolutely didn't deserve to win that yeah Ali right. Wong's so horrendous in it <laughs> I haven't watched any of it but and and that was the one that annoyed me because I think from memory um she beat Brie Larson for lessons in chemistry and yeah. that 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 miniseries was fabulous, and it's the best thing Brie Larson's done since probably Room. Yeah, right. And to lose to fucking beef, Christ <laughs> on the bike. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad. And the other cat- that was the the, the other category that they shoehorned in was best stand up special. Oh yeah, that is the other new category, and that was and that, that was weird. That was, yeah, I mean Gervais won fine. I haven't seen the most recent one, but as far as I'm concerned, his best specials are about 15 years in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Um, by this stage, but you had shit like w- Amy Schumer not Wanda Sykes was nominated. Mm. That woman has not been funny one day in her life, <laughs> oh, and that's wow. her job. Wow, that is her her job is to be funny, and she has not done it. <laughs> she once in her had a career. funny cameo in Clerks too, Didn't. Dave. <laughs> she. She was in Clerks too. That's the <laughs> sentence you were meant to say. But there was John Mulaney not nominated. Oh yeah, John um, Mulaney is one not of the nominated. Stand-ups that's ever been. I love John Mulaney. Yeah, I mean, there there, there were over a hundred stand-up specials this year, and yeah. the the nominees in that category were just ludicrous. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. All right. Well, how about we talk a film? Because, you know, we got some time left. Yeah, why not? Uh, a film that we both watched this week was Dream Scenario, uh, mentioned earlier with Nicolas Cage nominated. Uh, it's a 2023 American black comedy fantasy film written and directed by Christopher Borgley. It's produced by Ari Aster and Lars Knudsen under their square peg banner alongside Nicolas Cage. And it stars Cage, Julianne Nicholson, Michael Cera, Tim Meadows, Dylan Galula and Dylan Baker, and what is it about, mate? Um, a professor of uh, evolutionary biology, uh, from memory, if I'm being yep. specific, um, played by Cage, um, who's a kind of a bald, everyday sort of schlub, um, who finds that people are randomly dreaming about him. Yeah. Um, people who've been, you know, a lot of people who sometimes do not even know him. He's just popping up in their dreams, not doing anything, just kind of standing there. 
um, which is all very weird. Um, and he becomes sort of semi-famous as kind of this weird anomaly dream guy, um, which he starts to like the kind of fame and and notoriety that that brings. Uh, and then as as things progress, um, he ceases to kind of be a bystander in these dreams and becomes increasingly more active and the uh, dreams become sort of more nightmarish and everyone starts to hate him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some sort of (laughs) ham-fisted commentary on cancel culture ensues and um, his life goes down the toilet. I'm very curious to chat about this one with you and uh, I don't want to show my cards too early. I got to ask, what did you think of this film then? I, th- I think it's a very interesting uh, premise, and I, th- uh, you, you know, the word Kaufmanesque is probably going to be used multiple times. Yeah, definitely. Um, the problem I think is that there's a reason not everyone's Charlie Kaufman because most people can't be, and I think a more experienced writer director would have been a better film. Yeah, it's not bad. It's got some interesting stuff. Cage is really good, um, but I. I I don't think it's a runaway success. I don't. It, no. I was expecting more based on the premise. Yeah. Um, than it, than it's I'm going to start by agreeing with everything you've said. I think that yes, very Kaufman-esque. I think that the concept is much better than the execution. That's the major problem with the film. And yeah, in the hands of Charlie Kaufman, this concept could have been absolutely incredible. Yeah. That said. Uh, we were supposed to record our top films of 2023 just before this, and we've had to shuffle some things around. I was actually hoping to do that before we spoke about Dream Scenario because this film's really? in my list. Yeah. Wow. I loved this film, and I know that it could be a lot better, but I love it. I really loved this movie, man. Wow. Wow. I was expecting to, I was, and I was yeah, really quite disappointed particularly the latter half i get that i the, totally the first get half it. um it, it's so where, intriguing where it's just, in the it's first just the premise minutes yeah but then the further you go the more it's, it's and, and i might be i might be completely off base but the more it seemed to me that um christopher borgley didn't know how to resolve this story he had a concept yeah. but he didn't know how what to do with it and so you end up with and it's not a hugely it's, it's only 100 minutes long yeah, for the last short. third yeah. of this i was literally staring at my watch going why has this not ended yet it hits a point once keeps, you get to the cancel culture segment where almost ending and then there's yeah. a, there, there are sort of false start endings and then you get a weird kind of sci-fi infomercial yeah, s- yeah. thing at the end which i thought okay well if you're going to end with that showing oh well society's gone down this route and he's yeah. just a casualty but then we fucking go back to him for another fake ending and oh, i i actually oh, i actually love that bit finish your finish your film i loved all that <laughs> the idea that you know society had used what we learned from him to create this headset that allows people to do what he did and yet he can't do it <laughs> like he he kind of invented this tech and yet he can't do it he's sitting there trying to recapture what he could do purely to visit his his ex-wife's dreams i i just i loved it i thought it was i i I liked the idea and and if this had been the culmination of the film that he goes through this 
massive arc, uh, has this horrendous end, and what does humanity do with his suffering and this technology? Yeah. We use it to shoehorn fucking ads into people's heads with yeah. it, without their consent. Yeah. That would be a really good cynical end to the film. Yeah. If we hadn't had all of the fucking over, bang it over your head, cancel culture commentary bullshit, which I thought was really ham-fisted. I actually didn't mind and we, it. And we, and we had ended with the cynical, this is where the world is, rather than then having this unnecessary scene that of him, I can't remember if he's dropping the kids off or picking the kids up. They're obviously not together anymore, but they're still friends. It was a nothing scene. Yeah. And I think the film would have been stronger if it had ended with him just being inundated by these advertisers and being on the receiving end of yeah unwant, unwanted people in his subconscious. Yeah. And that was kind of the end. That would have been a little bit stronger to me. Probably, yeah. I just I, I loved it. I loved the aesthetic of the film. I loved Nicolas Cage. I thought he was fantastic in this role. And it is such a great premise that yes is not executed as well as it could have been but there's still so much that i loved about it you know like it's obviously it's it's not hidden it's it's very much a statement on you know celebrity and fame in the current era you know and the cancel culture that has come along with that and it's it's an interesting statement because cancel culture is an odd thing. It's, you know, and this movie kind of takes the stance that it's, well, it's bad. And I mean, for the most part it is, but there are times where it's like, yeah, that, that person's pretty horrendous. So Yeah, but I, I think I think the differentiation that's drawing is that- This guy didn't canc- do it. Cancel culture is, culture yes. in inverted commas, is bad. Yes, true. Every time there's a hint of something in, in, about someone- yeah, they must be erased from existence, including all the work they've ever done. No matter how many other people have worked on it, everything yeah. must be thrown out with the bathwater. Yeah, definitely. Um, rather than, you know, Weinstein's a turd. Let's <laughs> yeah, treat him appropriately. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually, so- I, I loved that. I loved the fact that it's never <clears throat> explained. I love that we don't know why he's popping up in people's dreams. Oh, I had no problem all. with that at all. I like. I liked that. That was and, just and when left as- when he starts to turn into nightmares. It's, there's kind of a loose link in the film to let you know that it's because of his mental state and and his personal anger, but even that's not ever really clarified or explained. It's it's just well, it's the the thing that I think could have been, and, and I agree with you. I like the fact that we don't just get spoon fed all of the you know we don't get a massive expedition dump at the end about and this is why it all happened with a lot of flashbacks and everything. Yeah, that, I like that. I think it could have done a little bit more to make it clear that it was him in other people's dreams. Because for most of the film, it's it's sort of purporting that he's innocent in all this. It's nothing to do with him. They're just, they're dreaming about him. It's not his fault. Whereas I agree with you. I think it's quite clearly shown by the technology at the end that it was him going into other people's dreams. Yeah. And his presence in them changes from just being kind of this voyeuristic bystander to being more active yeah. as his mental state changes and his confidence increases and then his, his emotional state degrades and he, and becomes more unhappy and so that's – but I, I don't think 
that was necessarily shown as 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 well as it could be. Yeah, okay. We're inferring that based on the the ad technology, but it's never really clarified that it was him in those dreams. In quite the opposite. It, it, he's very vocal all the way through and never really challenged or, or corrected in saying, I'm innocent, it's not my fault what they're dreaming about, when we kind of know from the end of the film, well, it was, it was you. Yeah. But we only know that because we've inferred it based on this ad technology, not because the film is actually. Yeah. He he still doesn't. Well, we assume he knows because he, he, he knows about the technology. But at no point does he sort of stop and go, oh, my God, I am to blame for all those horrible things. I should feel guilty. Yeah. He's still kind of playing the victim. That's interesting that you think that. I I I don't think that he is aware that he like I don't think he knows what he's doing or that he's putting himself in those dreams. Um But surely he he I don't think he does at the time, but surely at the end when he discovers learns about this technology to the point where he buys it and he's trying to use it. Yeah. And getting frustrated because he he can't consciously do what he was unconsciously doing before. He must at that point know that all of those things in people's nightmares was me. Yeah, interesting. Whether I whether I meant to do it or not, he must he must at that point understand. But we never see him having a realization and going, "Oh my god, I was going in and traumatizing all these people." Yeah, yeah. He's still playing the victim, going, "I'm one of you now." Yeah, I've had a nightmare <laughs> too. I'm one of you. It's like, oh fuck off. No, but that's that's I loved that scene as well when he's when he's doing the crying apology and and he, you know ev- everyone around him is like, "Oh my." God. God, this is just not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I I thought this film was funny. I thought it was interesting. Do I think it could be a lot better? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, you brought up Kaufman. There's, Of course you're going to compare it to Kaufman. This film is absolute shades of being John Malkovich. It's got elements of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like it is very Kaufman-esque in nature. And, yes, in the hands of him it would have absolutely been a better film. Other than the writing being, I think, and the pacing and everything, just not being as polished and as um, skilled as it would be in the hands of him or Spike Jones or someone. Um, <clears throat> I think had he been the writer, it would have been funnier. See, I didn't find this film particularly funny. Oh, really? Really I, at all. I, I found, found it deep, deeply uncomfortable and, and kind of cringy for most of it. Okay, yeah. So you, so you don't like cringe humour, though. We've had this before. You're, you also don't like Nathan Fielder at all. Because um, he's terrible. No way. And in fact, in fact, you know what you should absolutely watch if you're getting on the TV train is The Curse, um, his new TV show. Is that the one he's, he's acting in? He created it. Him and Benny Safdie created it and wrote it, and him and Emma Stone are starring in it. Uh, it's just but, dropped but it's episode not, nine. It, but it's it's a fictional thing, isn't it? He's it is, playing a character. Yes, but it's yes. still. I do I, I do want to see that. Yeah. And I remember. I think I commented at the time when it first got on um, announced. It's like I can't believe I actually want to see something that's got Nathan Fielder and yeah. Benny Safdie attached to it. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. fucking hated Uncut Gems. Me too. But you know, <laughs> like think of both of those two together, and that's what the curse is. It's 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 fucked, quite frankly. But. <laughs> I actually did find this film quite funny. The the scene where the the young girl from the marketing agency is wanting him to act out her dream and he's just so awkwardly standing there in the dark and then he keeps farting. I know that it's childish humour, but fuck, it made me laugh so much when I, he farts I, that second time. I couldn't 
I, I couldn't see. I was watching that scene and thinking I should be just pissing myself laughing at this because, you know, Nick Cage is getting a hand job and he farts <laughs> twice, comes prematurely and then runs out the door. That yes. on paper is some funny shit. Yeah. But I was watching it just going, this is so intensely uncomfortable uh, and see, funny. But I, I think that that's the point of the film. I find it really funny. And even earlier scenes like when – when he's in his class and he's just getting everyone to tell him the stories of their dreams because he's he's really enjoying the fame and he's trying to pretend that he's oh, not, yeah, yeah. but he is. Like I, I found all of that very, very funny. I, I found this a really funny film from start to finish, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I, I think the acting's all great. Yeah. Cage is great. Do we haven't mentioned Julianne Nicholson, who I'm a huge oh, fan of. Me you know, too. You know how much well, you know what a fan I, of Monos I am. Yeah, she is a great actress. She's also fantastic in Masters of Sex, which she's in season two. I still haven't three, seen. I want to say. Yeah, no, and um, she's fantastic in this film. Too. Michael Serres, I really oh, like. Yeah. Dylan Baker is one of the most unsung character actors. He's always so. I think there's great. There, there's some really good stuff about this. It just. Yeah, the, the the tone of it, I think, and the pacing of the writing kind of just didn't gel for me. And I, I, I think I'm in the minority because people seem to really like it. I've had a, um, really? several people message me saying, you've got to see this. It's it's awesome. Because oh, so I, I was going to say, I've, I've heard me. very little about it. I feel like this film, for the premise it has, I'm surprised it hasn't been a bigger deal. You know, it was only like last year that we got unbearable weight of massive talent which people went nuts yeah. for even before it came out just based on the premise people were like going crazy for that film and given the people, premise of this film i'm surprised just, that- i think people are so used to nick cage having done 20 years of utter dog shit now these kind of back in vogue and getting these interesting projects yeah I think people seem to go over. See, unbearable way to massive talent. I enjoyed. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really interesting premise. Though. I I don't think it was fabulous. I no. think it was it was just it was quite good, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, the best I film thought, he did last year was Pig. I thought Pig was a a good film. I think he was great in it. I don't think the film was amazing. I think it was it was it was good. It was very good. Yeah, but people ever since I think Mandy was kind of the tipping point where oh, I hated Mandy. Oh, see, I really liked Mandy <laughs> um, and Colour Out of Space I really liked. That, that were probably the two of his that I liked most in the last five years or so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think people just uh, – uh, I this is not adaptation. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And and I, I kind of feel I'm, I'm – the, the way I'm hearing it spoken about is like, oh, this is another adaptation. It's not. No, it's this is yeah. not as good as a Kaufman film by any stretch. This isn't as good as any of Kaufman's films. But like I said, I, I still really liked it and I will be talking about it again next week. And I, I'll be very curious to hear what our friend Carney has to say about it, whether he's seen it or not, because I feel like he would probably fall more on your side of the fence, but I'd, I'd be very curious to chat to him about it. So... I guess that's a good lead into that's what's next week. We'll be doing our top five of not only 2023, but also as we always do on the show, going back 10 years and doing top five of 2013. Uh, yep. how, how have you been going making that list? The first, the top one or two for both years yeah. is, is easy. Ordering the rest is so hard. <laughs> I've got like 15 or 24 star films yeah. for, for each year. 
and particularly for 2013, ordering them to get yeah. that top five, even with sort of five honourable mentions, is, is um, yeah, pretty tough. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, same deal, same deal. It was particularly last year, 2023, I found really hard. I, I had a short list of 16 films and trying to decide what cracked the top five and what just fell out was so hard and I was changing this list right up until tomorrow. And now that our, our record of this episode has been delayed by a week, I might even change the list again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, speaking of lots of 4 out of 10s, that's, that's – sorry, lots of 4 out of 5s. That's my score for Dream Scenario. I'm an 8 out of 10. Where are you? I think I gave this 2.5 on Letterboxd, so Ooh, that's a 5. 5. Good God, that's low. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you, You're going to – Call up Paul and borrow his Negatron oh, sound drop. Absolutely, <laughs> I am. Oh, oh, that's yucky, Dave. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing and hear episodes of Hunt for the Perfect Album. In fact, in about 15 minutes, we're going to record a very special episode of that with a guest. So that'll be great. And we'll catch you next week. See ya.